what is your price? To sell out, what would it take? One of the popular songs when I was growing up was The Devil Went Down to Georgia. A musician had made a deal with Satan that he could beat him playing the fiddle. The devil had a fiddle of gold against your soul to say my playing is better than you as the song went. Christ referenced the exchange of one's soul recorded in Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, verse 24, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? While some have no hesitation that they dance with the devil, there is no shame or no remorse for their actions, others don't quite go that far, but they still have some of the character traits that have their decisions falling short of what their creator would want. They are selling their soul, but perhaps not selling out. We want to look at an example of an Old Testament character that was all in, where they did sell all out, and another lesson of what kept them from coming clean. In 1 Kings chapter 21, a lot of reading from 1 Kings this morning in our lesson, Surely there was no one who sold himself to do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh like Ahab. Verse 20 says, similar in conversation with the prophet of Elijah. Ahab said to Elijah, have you found me, O my enemy? And Elijah answered and said, I have found you because you have sold yourself to do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh. There are several points in the life of Ahab that added up to the price he paid, recorded in 1 Kings leading up to the sum total of what we read in chapter 21. In 16 and 31, it happened as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. And he took Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, as a wife and went and served Baal and worshiped him. Sin was trivial, an interesting word. King James Version says, a light thing, something small, of insignificance, of no value. Not only did he approve of worshiping idols, he also supported the death of every prophet of the Lord by his wife Jezebel, recorded in 1 Kings 18 and 4. He had no shame. He was proud in his decisions and made no pretense in boasting of his actions. He married a worldly woman, as we read in 1 Kings 16 and 31, Jezebel. She worshiped idols and was against any worship to Yahweh, which is interesting. Serve any God you want but that one. We are cautioned in being joined together with unbelievers. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, this frequently is looked at as the bonds of marriage, but really it affects any relationship. Having totally differing opinions will no doubt cause issues in any relationship, and it could cause a child of God to consider compromising his convictions. Ahab looked at sin as small, an insignificant thing, and he married a woman that fit right in to his frivolous lifestyle, and she had an influence on him with the person she represented in that relationship. 
Ahab's religion mirrored the world. As we've already read, sin was a trivial thing. He took Jezebel and went and served Baal and worshiped him. In verse 32 of chapter 16, he erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria, and he also made an Asherah. Thus Ahab did more to provoke Yahweh, the God of Israel, listen to what the text says, to anger Yahweh more than all the kings of Israel who were before him. I'll take this one as a God, and this one as a God. I'll build an altar for this one, and an altar for this one. Look how religious I am, worshiping more gods than anyone. Well, all but that one. And his problems were not his own. Now, he was a victim, you see, to the prophet of God in 1 Kings 18 and 17, he came to Elijah, and Ahab said to Elijah, Is this you, you troubler of Israel? Elijah was the problem. He was the one causing the issue, bringing attention that Ahab was wrong. If he would just stop, there would be no issues. Is this not the case today? Calling attention to something, say the Pope changing course on same-sex relationships or abortion? or gambling, or pick anything from God's word and bring attention to it, and now you are the enemy. You are the one causing the problems. Was it not in the UK that a woman was arrested for silently praying outside an abortion clinic? Ultimately, I think she was not charged, but still, Ahab, sin was trivial. He married a strong supporter. He mirrored the religion of the world with a house full of gods, minus Yahweh, and was a victim of the prophet of God, Elijah, the problem causer. Ahab was also selfish. In 1 Kings 21, it is recorded that he wanted a vineyard that was neighboring his property, but the landowner refused to sell it. We read in verse 4, Ahab came into his house, sullen and enraged because of the word which Naboth, landowner, had spoken to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father. And Ahab laid down on his bed and turned away his face and ate no food. Wow, the king didn't get what he wanted and threw a tantrum. And his wife Jezebel came to him, consoled him, and came up with a plan. Here's what's going to happen, Ahab. Two vile men would lie about the neighbor that would lead to his being stoned to death, and the king would get his vineyard. Ahab could have gotten almost anything anywhere, but he wanted that property, and it just wasn't fair that he couldn't have that property. After all, I'm the king. So a pouting he went got the attention of the wife, seeing that Ahab was a victim and how horribly he had been treating. A plan was set into motion, and the plan of the wife came through. The neighbor was killed, and Ahab got what he wanted. Sin is trivial. He married one that strengthened his view of sin, perfected the religions of the world, serving the various gods, was a victim in that others were the cause of the issue, particularly that prophet of God, was selfish and far from content in wanting what others had, and ultimately got his way. And is often the case, those that were in favor of God, what happened? The king pronounced that Ramoth Gilead was theirs. They just had to take it. Jehoshaphat, 
king of Judah, requested that an inquiry to God be made prior to taking action on that city. We read in 1 Kings 22 and 6, the king of Israel, Ahab, gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I refrain? And they said, go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. It appears that these were, how do we say, on the payroll for the king and played the role, yet they were not true prophets. So Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? Can we get a second opinion on top of the 400? Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may acquire of Yahweh, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And this was the prophet Micaiah. He was brought before both kings and prophesied about the proposed battle. Ahab said that Micaiah only prophesied good about himself, yet Micaiah prophesied as God instructed, and it was not favorable for Ahab concerning taking over the city. Ahab went and was killed in that battle. So here was a highly powerful man with great influence of a vast number, and he did influence, certainly not to the glory of the Lord. Another lesson, which we have crossed a couple of points, is the influence that was made on Ahab from his spouse Jezebel. When we consider where Ahab was in his thoughts, separate from Jezebel, but then we combine the siding of Jezebel, it seems as though Ahab could not upright himself even if he'd wanted to. Again, we read, surely there was no one who sold himself to do what is evil in the sight of Yahweh like Ahab, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. Now, as we've already mentioned, she brought a lot of influence from the world to the table. As we read in our opening text in 1 Kings 16 and 30, in that she went and served Baal and worshipped him. Our Bibles bear record of being careful, as we've already talked about, with whom we align ourselves, whether the bonds of marriage or even in work relationships. Those we are close to have an influence on us. And how does that verse in the New Testament go? Evil communications, evil company corrupts good morals. Jezebel stirred him up to destroy those that were having a positive influence on him. The leaders that had fear of God in their reign, in 1 Kings 18 and 4, it mentions that Jezebel was set on destroying the prophets of God. The point that we read, Obadiah hid 100 of the prophets of God in a cave in order to save their lives. And she even threatened Elijah, calling on the gods to do to her what she had done to the prophets, unless he stopped. And if Elijah did not cease and desist, he'd find himself in the same place shortly afterwards. We don't have a good parallel to the place of a wife of a king as Jezebel was in our society today. The spouse of a president, no doubt, has influence and power, yet Jezebel was more than just the first lady. She was directly engaged in fighting, killing, and playing the chess game that Ahab was always involved in. She cheered on Abraham when he was pouting, not getting what he wanted. When he was sulking, she took control and forced the getting of the land that Ahab had asked for. You can see her rising up, defending her man. If Ahab was about to have second thoughts in his actions, I dare say he was smart enough 
to not question or not stop Jezebel. In dealing with the vineyard, Jezebel had no regard to what it would cost to get Ahab what he wanted. Life was nothing, just a bump in the road. Fairness? No. Human life? Nope. Criminal? Who would dare bring an accusation against this woman? And there were children at some point. Not a lot is revealed about them. Wonder why. Did they have much of a chance of all of not turning out like mom or not turning out like dad or not turning out like both of them put together? Ahab sold himself to do evil. Jezebel stirred him up. In contrast to Jezebel, in the book of Proverbs, we read the opposite. In Proverbs 31 and 10, an excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above pearls. Other versions say rubies. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. The Bible, though, has nothing good to say of the character Jezebel. And we see her husband, Ahab, die the death that the true prophet of Yahweh told. And when these two are referenced, it is a glaring lesson for any to learn. What is your price? A trivial look at sin? Married to the world and the pleasures it brings? Worshiping as the world would want in face? of what Yahweh, Jehovah, wants? Selfishness gone to see to the point you pout? Or you play the victim when something doesn't go your way? You dare someone to cross your path and challenge you at the decisions you are making? You dare them to quote book, chapter, and verse that goes against something that you believe? What does it profit? For a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. The end of Ahab did not go down the way he had planned. His estate did not conclude as Jezebel had set into motion. His children did not retain the throne and go on to do greater. Ahab, Jezebel are another good, bad example of ignoring God and going about to establish their own righteousness and the payment that came due. Our time is gone. We thank you much for joining us. Look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.